Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Justin from Hamilton, Ontario, who is studying to be a millwright and works for FedEx. Justin knows how to get a good deal when he sees one, as he is in the process of building his second schoolie. From collecting vintage bikes as a hobby, to being chased off a beach in Prince Edward Island by people with tiki torches, Justin suggests people get outside and reconnect with nature. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of the Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of a Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Uh, this week, I got Justin from Hamilton, who's chiming in on his exciting stories and what he's been up to. So maybe, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, of course. I've lived in uh, Hamilton my whole life. I've always had dreams of going out west and out east um, in a school bus. I'm currently a third-year millwright as like a regular job, I guess. Uh, and I, me and my girlfriend own three pit bulls. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, about me. I enjoy working on uh, bicycles. I have a passion for vintage bikes. I restore them from the ground up, like 60s, uh, like road bikes, sorry. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of at this time. <laughs> wow. So um, so with your millwright, where are you studying that? Uh, I take it at Mohawk, but I uh, work at FedEx, actually. Cool. So that's uh, you got some pretty good skills there that you'll take along with you while you're building the bus. Absolutely. The main skill that's needed, the six-inch grinder. <laughs> exactly. For sure. <laughs> and what about, like, younger years? Are there any skills or any jobs that you've done that uh, helped you along the way? I think years ago, one of my first jobs was at uh, Toys R Us, building bicycles. And I never thought of anything of it then. I was like, uh, I really hate this job. And then years later, I was like, wow, I really enjoy uh, being a mechanic. So then uh, it transpired into where I am now. I went all wow. over the map. With... So vintage bikes, eh? Yes. And how many I... have you collected? I have about 15 right now. <laughs> uh, from Bianchi's to old CCMs to bikes that I've repainted. Uh, wow. And do you take any of the bikes with you when you go on excursions? Uh, yes. I usually take three or four with me. One for the forest, one for the road, and a couple for other people. That's incredible. Very cool. Yeah. So you're working on one school bus now, but you've had, this is your second school bus. Is that correct? That's correct. So maybe I tell us a little bit about your first school bus and then a little bit about your second one that you have now. Yeah. Uh, I can't, when I first established looking for a bus, I really wanted a flat nose. Uh, they're pretty rare to find in Ontario. And I found one with a 120,000 kilometers uh, with a 5.9 in Brantford. And I think I paid $1,300 for it and drove it home. Uh, it was quite the experience. I've never driven something so big in my life. Uh, I started the, the reno. I finished basically the interior uh, for the most part. And then I decided it was a little bit too big. And I was running into a little bit too many mechanical problems, so I decided to get rid of it. Um, actually, on the last day when I went to give it to the new owners, they had me uh, drive it there 
and the brakes gave out on me when I tried to pull it into their driveway. Uh, thankfully, someone previous just to driving it had told me how to stop it if the brakes gave out. So, thank God. <laughs> and was that a Bluebird? Yes, it was. And you got it from Bluebird in Bradford? I got it from Sharp Bus Lines in Brantford. It was the last flat nose that I've ever been able to find here, actually. They had it as a, a spare driver, but no one liked to drive flat nose, so they were getting rid of it. And why a flat nose? I just like the look better. I don't know. Uh, it's easier to handle a little bit. I wanted a rear motor, but at the time, you're so excited about buying a bus, you just kind of buy whatever you don't even care the whole back was r rusted i just was so excited that i didn't even think twice about it and what was the uh what was the price range for that bus that you bought i bought it for uh thirteen hundred dollars wow and i sold it for 10 grand i think wow so you did some was it completely finished on the inside when you sold it it wasn't completely finished it was mostly finished wow very cool. And the bus that you got now. So you sold that one and you yeah. got one. Tell us a little about that one. I got, I searched forever. I really wanted a short bus, um, but I couldn't find one with high ceilings. And then I actually went back to Sharp Brantford um, and they had a collection of five handicapped bluebirds with wheelchair lifts um, that they were trying to get rid of. So it has a seven foot ceiling inside so you can stand up fully in it. Uh, it's pretty big. Um, the wheelchair lift works. There's no engine lights. So I got 400 pages of service records. It's a 2007 GMC six liter gas Vortec motor uh, with 240,000 kilometers on it. I drove it home. It drives great. Everything works. It even has a stereo in it, which is kind of cool. So are you going to leave the lift in it or will you take the lift out? I'm going to take the lift out of it to get more space. And I what was the price rate for that bus? I paid $1,300 for it. <laughs> Actually, 1500 sorry. I'm pretty good at finding deals on buses. Sure. Wow, 1500 bucks. And like, yeah. was there lots of rust and bodywork that needed to be done or was it in good shape? There's no rust on it. Uh, and as far as I can see. There's like a spot here and there, but nothing crazy. Uh, the inside is pretty well kept. There's no rust inside. Maybe just a few patches here and there. Wow. And it runs fine and it's gas. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. I couldn't find the diesel in the time I wanted, but it's supposed to be uh, from the schoolie forms and the things that I read. The six liter Vortec motor is super reliable by uh, Chevrolet. Wow. So. With the larger bus that you had, uh, or even with this one, have you gone out uh, to have any adventures? Uh, I went out for about a month to the East Coast in the larger bus. Um, I went from Quebec. I would say my first stop was Quebec City. And then I went up into uh, New Brunswick, PEI, uh, Halifax. And then I stayed on Cape, Cape, uh, like around Cape Breton for the rest of the time. Uh, while I was there. It was really, really nice. I love the East Coast. And did you go by yourself or did you uh, have other people? I, I went with a couple of my buddies, uh, Tyrone and my other buddy, Cody. We both went and uh, Leia at the time. So my dog. 
And did you switch the drivers or did you drive the whole route? <laughs> Neither of them have their license, so I drove the whole route. I was extremely exhausted. <laughs> so what was uh, your, uh, what were like, how many hours would you drive a day? I would drive around, uh, I think the first two days I drove 18 hours straight, uh, not stopping. And then I stopped briefly uh, when I arrived in New Brunswick for my first. I think I stopped in Quebec City for an hour and then, sorry, then I went to New Brunswick for 18 hours and then a couple hours wow. in between each place. And how long did you spend on the East Coast? I spent a month. Oh, wow. I did see your uh, photo. That's why when I was talking to you earlier, I thought you were from the East Coast because I had uh, you had some pictures up there of the big wave in Halifax and yeah, fishing I boat. Go to, previous to that, I had gone to Halifax every year just because I liked it so much there. I would fly out to Halifax, rent a car, and do like the schooly life in a rental van. I guess I would just fill it full of things to turn it into uh, like a camper and then drive all around. Wow. Yeah, it's been a tradition for like four years. So, all right. So you and your buddies going to Nova Scotia. Did you go to Newfoundland as well? I did not, actually. I wanted to. I, we just couldn't figure out the logistics of it. Yeah, and the boat is pretty uh, pretty expensive. So that's now... What we kept, that's what we kept hearing, sorry, as well. Exactly. Especially for a 40-foot bus. It prices out at about <laughs> between seven to $900, I think it is. All right, so you got three, you and two buddies traveling to the East Coast. Tell us a story about something that happened for an adventure because I'm sure you had a good time for a month. Yeah. Uh, the one night we, uh, or one day, we decided to go to a beach there in PEI. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's run by Canada Parks. Um, we weren't allowed to have a dog, so we got kicked off and we went to this place called Savage Beach. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with that. In PEI, uh, it's empty. There's nobody there. And we decided we we're going to sleep there on the beach for the night. And then it was just really creepy. There was a huge fire at the other end of the beach, about a kilometer away, and then another fire, like a kilometer to the right. And then we kept seeing people coming behind us with, like, wood torches for some odd reason. They just kept climbing over the hill and would come down with the torch and then go back up the hill. And it was really, really creepy. So we just decided to leave, actually. I'm not sure what, what was that whole ordeal. And then the dog had also drank too much salt water. So she began barking at us. I guess salt water makes people go crazy or something. I, uh, there's a name for it. <laughs> and so we decided to just get out of there at like four in the morning and just drive back across the bridge. It was That's... real creepy. Wow. It was an awesome experience, though. That's a beautiful, cool. beautiful beach. If anybody wants to go, it's called Savage Beach. And did you boondock along the way, like staying in random places, or did you have it organized to stay in certain places? We just kind of stayed wherever. Um, uh, we did a couple campsites, I think. Have you heard of uh, Boondockers Welcome? I have heard. Uh, is that the app? Uh, no, the app is, I believe it's uh, iOverland. Or iOverlander oh, is the app. I don't, I, I don't think I've heard of it. Yeah, and the other one is uh, Boondockers Welcome. What is that? So that is, so for example, at my house here, I have three large areas where you'd be able to uh, park. So there'd be no fees, and I would list all of the things that I would have people have accessibility to. 
So you geoplot yourself on the map and then people would be able to, you know, it's kind of like Airbnb. So people will contact you a few days in advance and then they would say, hey, listen, is there a spot available? We're traveling through Flinflon. And then you would just say yes or no. And then they would be able to rock up into one of these spots and stay for the duration of time and no fees and just build a relationship and conversations and hang out. And that's, oh, that's really cool. That's awesome, man. I didn't know. I didn't know about that. Yeah, Boondockers, welcome. It's uh, and then you don't have that situation where you have people with torches yeah. at you. Yeah, that was pretty scary. <laughs> and then oh. all people who have been on the road traveling in the past, so they know what it's like, and they have contacts in their community if there's issues with your vehicle and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's good. Yeah, it definitely sounds worth it. I'll take a look into it. Actually, thank you very much. For your next adventure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so two buses. You've traveled the East Coast. It's not all pretty. Obviously, you get chased at <laughs> torches. What's a mishap yeah. that you might have had during your uh, experiences? Um, I guess not being prepared enough when I bought a bus and just being so excited to have, like, your dreams that you don't even – think twice about anything you're just like i'm just gonna take this whatever um it turned out like the first bus is a lot more work than it should have been and that was because of my own like how long did it take to rebuild that first bus a year almost it wasn't the like the nicest craziest setup so obviously like it could have been done a lot better and there was still a lot of rust and were you able to keep the bus on your property in hamilton or did you have to park it somewhere else to work on it Actually, I took out the fence in my backyard and I drove half the bus in the backyard. And there's a set of trees that run along the side of my house. And you you can't even see the bus unless you're close to it, which was crazy. So if you turn the corner to come down my street, you wouldn't even know the bus was there. Wow. Because there are quite a few people, especially in urban areas where, you know, neighbors get pretty ticked off and they call the bylaw police and they come by and get yeah. tickets or they have big issues. Yeah, the lady across the street, I parked the new bus that I have on the um, sidewalk there. Not on the sidewalk, on the road in front of my house. And she called right away, and I got a warning that they were going to tow my bus. So then I just moved it in the driveway. Wow. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, it's really hard to find a space to work on the on buses, especially uh, here or any other urban areas for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, from the Netherlands, but is now in Canada. He was the third or fourth podcast. Um, he actually had his bus parked at the garage where he purchased it from, and they allowed him to uh, continue working on the bus. And that was up in around Bracebridge. Oh yeah, I go to yeah. Muskoka actually every summer. Uh, oh cool. To do market to do markets. Oh wow. Yeah. I do do a lot of different things. <laughs> well, now you'll be able to take your uh, your bus up. So, what is it? Something? Yeah. What's something you're going to do different in this short bus that uh, you learned your lessons from the big bus? Uh, take my time a lot more. Don't try to rush things, um, and definitely try to remove all of the like any spots of rust or anything like that. Uh, just to avoid it's it's like a cancer to avoid it in the future to have like water problems and stuff like that. Um, I think that's the one of the main things. And then yeah, there's no rush to complete this. Um, 
And when do you think you will go on your next adventure in the summertime or later than that? I, I think by the summertime or just after I'll be ready. Cool. I'm almost positive. Yes. Maybe you can convoy with us to the East coast. Yeah. Have you been? Yo, I'm from Cape Breton, so... Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, my so family is actually uh, from New Brunswick, from St. John, so... Oh, cool. Yeah, I would love that. That would be really awesome, actually. Yeah, we have our, uh, a house up on the market now. My wife, we're both teachers, so we've been here for a while and traveling the world, and we know how important it is to have grandparents in our daughter's life, and she doesn't have them yeah. now, so we decided to put our lakefront property up for sale, and... Hopefully it sells by July. We'll pack up shop in the bus and move back to Cape Breton. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. That would be really, really cool. Yeah. So there's going to be a, uh, well, we'll be stopping and visiting people on the way that uh, have been in the podcast, but uh, oh, that'd be, that'd awesome. be a good journey. Yeah. Yeah. My friend just bought land uh, near Cape Breton. He bought, I think, uh, 10 acres for 10 grand or something like that. Wow. Right right on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, see we don't we don't chase people with torches out of uh, yeah. Cape Breton. Actually Cape Breton was probably the most beautiful place on the East Coast to me, actually. And the people wow. were so friendly there. Cool. Yeah, it's uh it's a nice spot. It really is. Did, and first a... of, I mean the whole Maritimes, so it's beautiful. And I'm looking yes, forward to traveling around there. It's gonna be pretty cool. There's actually a schoolie in the middle of the trail on the way through Cape Breton uh, parked. Uh, there's a like a hill overlooking it. It was very interesting. It's just, I don't know how long it's been there. Somebody converted it and used it as what looks like a trailer. It's along the path, though, uh, when you're doing that, uh, the Cabot Trail. I think there's one in Inganesh uh, around that area because there's a... Um, there's a like a lodge resort, and she has it as an Airbnb. Uh, oh, does she? If that's the one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'll have to look it up. It looked like an old uh, GMC or something, maybe from the 60s. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to go through my photos. I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere. Very cool. Let's check that out. Yeah. So you've been through this process. You've uh, finished one bus. You're on your second one. Uh what would you give for a piece of advice for people that are out there that are contemplating purchasing a bus to develop a schoolie or rebuild a coach? I think uh, the number one thing is a lot of people will tell you you're crazy to just do it uh, no matter what. Uh, if you're passionate about it, I think that it's a beautiful thing to experience a life as like a nomad and kind of reconnect with nature. So what did your friends and family think about when you uh, purchased this first bus? They thought I was nuts. <laughs> I think everybody kind of thought I was nuts at the start. And then when you kind of show them the vision and the idea, more people are on board. But I think showing people the finished product is really like when they're like, oh, wow, this actually turned into something, man. I didn't believe you at all. So that was, I think that's for people to actually see it they or believe it, they actually have to see it. So how did you, like, were there other people around you that had schoolies or where did you get inspired to go with a schoolie rather than an RV or another form of transport? That's a good question. I'm not actually sure where it started. 
Um, I always thought it was better to build something yourself to kind of understand the workings of it instead of buying an RV where you don't know really how anything works. You have a rough idea, but you couldn't tell me where, like, uh, if you had a problem with your refrigerator or something, like, you couldn't diagnose certain problems because you didn't actually build it. And the comparable price for an RV... A gas RV, the same price as that short bus, starts at 180000 And I just thought that was craziness. <laughs> when I went, and they don't even have solar. Yeah, and getting that uh, sticker and building the bus and having that pride. Yeah, is, exactly. it's pretty cool. You're on social media and yes. uh, you've been following people, uh, learning how to do these builds and that kind of stuff. Who would you recommend other people follow or search up online? Uh, Aaron Nicole Bick. Uh, they post all the time on the Schoolie forum. Uh, they run uh, Be Adventure Partners. Um, that her husband is Brian Garcia. They're from Stratford. Uh, they do a lot of cool stuff with their build. Um, they, I think I saw they did uh, like ship windows on their roof as skylights and bunch of other they framed out their window and reused the uh, roofing to reframe back in the window so that was pretty cool uh, and what was their uh the adventure be adventure partners the adventure partners be adventure oh b as in the letter b yes yes all right um, the Rolling Vistas on YouTube are great. I think they just switched to having a van, though. There's another uh, couple around you as well. In fact, they're around uh, Bradford, I believe. Uh, and it's Nick and Jess, and they are at home.roller. Oh, really? Yeah, they're in southern Ontario, and they're living actually in their bus, and they are uh, out in British Columbia right now. So that's home.roller. And, uh, yeah, they, they got a pretty cool setup. And I actually interviewed them for, um, it was the, uh, let's see. Yeah, it was one of my podcasts that I interviewed them for. Oh, awesome. I, I just added them. Thanks, man. <laughs> that was fast. Yeah, so they're close to home. So are there other ones that are close to home by your place? So that Aaron Nicole Dick is. Uh, yeah, there. they're in Stratford. They're the only people I know. I know there's lots of interest in people buying school bus. But I don't actually know of anybody that has gone ahead and pulled the trigger. I'm certain there's a lot more on the East Coast and the West Coast. There's a lot in uh, Quebec. Really? Oh, oh, so many. The majority of the podcast so far are out of Quebec. Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. Interesting. I guess they're kind of suited for that lifestyle, though. Like, that's something that... Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of them. There's, uh, out of Quebec, there's a great guy, Ivan LaCroix. He's at a Granby, Quebec. He's a great one to follow. Um, there's another one, Mix Bus Studios out of Quebec, and they have a sound studio. Uh, he lives in one, and there's a sound studio for recording with a concert venue on the top. Um, they're really cool. cool, Mix Bus Studio. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. The story's coming out, and uh, everybody has a different experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah. There's actually a street in Toronto near the FedEx, um, the, I would say four streets around there are all full of RVs. Uh, I've never seen most of the move, but <laughs> if you ever want to stay in Toronto for free, just park your FedEx. 
that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So final words. What do you think? Uh, what do you have for final words for everybody out there? Uh, I think that a lot more people should take on uh, schoolie projects. I think it's an awesome way to kind of reconnect and step away from uh, a bunch of different things like living the rat race and uh, to experience nature and kind of reconnect as human beings to the forest. And yeah, uh, that's about, that's all I can think of. Uh, my plan cool. in six months is uh, to do two years in a row, actually. Um, create some businesses along the way. Uh, last summer, I owned a moving company. Uh, I worked for dog rescues. I uh, ran a bicycle repair shop. I, I, create businesses all over so kind of hopefully readjusting to being an entrepreneur and stop working in the rat race permanently wow so is that the future is that what you see for uh, the bus you'll somehow use it as yeah. that entrepreneurial piece in your life absolutely yes so do you think you would live out of your bus at any point or is it just for yeah travel? and no one in six months i hope to live out of the bus for two years like to stay oh, in that's the bus what it is. And, wow yeah yeah Wow, very cool. I'm going to go yeah. back to my, my favorite place, though, I have to say, is out west. So I would take the bus out west. For yeah, for sure. Time. And there's quite a few people that are living out west in their buses. Yeah, because that makes the most sense. Most amount of, yeah. like, boondocking places, places that are very accepting of RVs, uh, most beautiful wildlife. It, it just makes sense, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, stop by Flin Flon on your way out. Yeah, I definitely will. Should be there by the summer, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If not, we'll be crossing paths on the highway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, this is really great, man. I really appreciated this. That's awesome that you're yeah. doing this. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your story and informing everybody about uh, what you've been up to. And if anybody's in southern Ontario, yeah. um, how can people get a hold of you? You can just message me on Facebook, uh, Justin Spoons, I believe, with a Z. I'm more than happy to help anyone with like their schoolie project or go out to them if you're in the area or go look at a bus. Like I just like helping or any anything I can do to help somebody else if they're interested. Or you can come take a look at my schoolie and help me. <laughs> Whatever people want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with uh, where do you buy the bus and how do you make sure it's a legitimate bus that I'm buying to not get ripped off. I think the best answer to that question is I email school boards and I message bus companies. You're going to get the best deal with the best bus um, with service records, no rust, no problems, and they're relatively cheap because they're just trying to get them off the road. So school boards, exactly. gov deals, and random bus companies you can think of like First student or sharp or average, like emailing them directly. Mm -hmm. I think that's Very where good. you find most of the buses. Yep, definitely. Well, that's good. Well, I'm sure there'll be a few people reaching out over time, yeah, and really uh, maybe we'll that. cross paths in our uh, travels. I really hope so. <laughs> we, uh, my mother-in-law, she's in Cremor, so we're always in Ontario. We were there this summer, actually. Oh yeah. And Actually, I had to go because I knew you were in uh, the Bluebird in Bradford. I took my bus. It's a Bluebird. And I took it in to get service there. So I had a oh. good uh, connection and relationship built with those guys. Pretty cool. The, they have a Gerard in there, right? 
or the Gagardin or whoever runs the Bluebird. What does it call them? Girardian? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yep. That's in Brantford? Yeah. 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 That's where they used to make the Bluebirds. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah, it's a huge, huge setup. Really? I have to go check that out since I'm so close. I've never been to that one personally. I'll go check it out. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. It's the, uh, the Schoolie Dreamers Dream location. Hundreds <laughs> of buses. Really? Sea of Yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Attridge is Burlington is like that, actually. Okay. Man, those are probably, if anyone's looking for a bus, like the best bus is there. There's no rust on any of them. They've undercoated them since the time they get them. And where's this? Attridge in Burlington. Attridge with an A? Yeah, Attridge. That's correct. In Burlington, Ontario. And what makes them so special? The undercoating? The undercoat, they take really, really good care of them. When I went to look at a few, uh, they didn't have what I was after personally. They have about uh, 700 buses there. Um, there was no rust anywhere, and they're in mint shape. And for a couple extra dollars, they'll safety the bus for you, paint it, do whatever you, they, like you need done. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they were really, really solid. Wow, that's great. Cool. Well, listen, buddy, thank you very much for uh, having the chat. I hope you enjoy your holidays. Yeah, you as well, man. I really enjoyed talking, and I hope everyone has a good Christmas. Yeah, and we'll talk to you again in the new year. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy, man. Have a good All night. All right, take care. Thanks, Justin. No problem. Bye-bye.